Will you pray with me? God, this morning we just, we invite you to take over. God, I pray this morning that these few words that I'm about to speak would not be of myself, but it'd be of you and only you. God, that your truth would speak through me this morning. God, my words could create confusion. Uh, My anxiety could speak through me. But God, I believe when you speak through me, clarity and simplicity and truth is heard. God, I pray for each person who came into this room that we'd be sensitive to your spirit this morning, that we'd recognize that you brought us here to experience a relationship with you. You've brought us here so that we could hear your truth and apply it to our life. God, we are begging you, we are pleading that you would just speak to us, that you would allow us to leave changed on the inside so that we could live out this life of love that you've called us to live. God, I love you. In your name we pray, amen. I've titled this morning's message, You Are the Temple. 1 Corinthians chapter three says, don't you know that yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. For God's temple is sacred and you together are the temple. In John chapter two, Jesus, Jesus says, hey, go ahead and destroy the temple and I'll rebuild it in three days. He, he's referring to the resurrection of Jesus. You see, before Jesus and the coming down of the Holy Spirit, the only way we could talk or stand in the presence of God was to enter the Holy of Holies. The high priest would walk into the Holy of Holies, he would bring his offering and he would petition the people's sins to God and he would communicate or mediate between the people and God. But when Jesus resurrected, and Holy Spirit came down, he now resides in you and I. We are the temple, amen? We are the temple. Look at this verse in Ephesians chapter two. It says, in him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. Hear that truth. Now you are the body of Christ. You and I, believers, those of us who have given our life to Jesus, now you are the body of Christ and each of you is a part of it. God did not resurrect another church building. God did not resurrect the rituals of the temple. No, God resurrected Jesus as a living being who now resides and took up permanent residence in every person who's given their life to Jesus. You and I, Christ followers, are the temple of Jesus. Amen? You are the temple. 2 Corinthians 6 says, What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God and they will be my people. God lives in us and with us. You and I now have a right to God every moment of every day. That's worth clapping for. We have a right to God every moment of every day. We are not required to go talk to someone else, tell them our pain so that they can go communicate with God. No, Jesus, Christ followers, lives in you. And we have been afforded the opportunity to be in the very presence every moment of every day with Jesus, the King of Kings. Amen? You are the temple. In fact, the Bible tells us you and I have been created to reign on earth as the kingdom of the creator. Revelations chapter five says, you have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on earth. You and I are reigning on earth as the kingdom 
of the creator. If you and I call ourselves a Christ follower, there is no doubt this morning through scripture that we are the temple, that we are the temple. We are the housing place for the Holy Spirit who lives in us this morning. My question for you is what are we doing with the temple that you and I have been called to be wise stewards over? How are we handling our temple? I wanna quickly walk through three things and I believe this temple's made up of three things, mind, body, and soul. You see, it's crucial for us to understand and take care of each element because each element needs the other. Our emotional health affects our physical health. Our physical health will affect our spiritual health. We, and and I want you to understand this, the only reason you and I exist this morning, we don't exist so that we can get ahead in life. We don't exist so that our kids can have a better future. We don't exist so we have a great uh, job or a good family or so we can be known in our community. No, we exist for one reason, and that is to exhibit love to all men. Amen? That's why you and I are here. The Bible tells us the greatest commandment in the whole world is to love God and love people. So we exist to be the place where we exhibit God's love or where we put out God's love to all people. And it's crucial for you and I to maintain our temple because we don't want anything to stand in the way of us exhibiting love to all men. Amen? We have to take care of the temple. How are you doing with your temple? Your temple's made up of two parts. You have the outer part, which is your physical body this morning, and we have the inner, which is our soul and spirit. And I wanna just quickly walk through some different thoughts about these things, and I hope this morning as we leave, we can leave saying to ourselves, I can do all things through Christ who lives in me, amen? You are the temple. Number one, the body, our physical health. The body, our physical health. Romans chapter 12, verse one says, therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Let's read it together again. Therefore, I urge you brothers and sisters in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Paul is telling us to give our bodies as a living sacrifice, who we are as a living sacrifice. He's telling us, he goes as far as to say, our sacrifice of our body is our true act of worship. How are you doing this morning with your physical body? It's our duty to maintain the temple. Well, how do we do that? We care for our body by by making sure it requires we stay physically active. Right, it requires that we eat healthy or we diet well, right? It requires that we manage the stress in our life. It requires that we flee from the addictions of this world, that we resist those addictions. It requires that we get ample rest. Why is all of this important? So that we can be one with the Lord so that we can share his love to others without getting in the way. You see, if my body is out of shape, if I physically can't do it, or if I've got stress in my world and I'm not allowing my body to operate, it's impossible for Jesus to love through me. This morning, you and I have been called to be wise stewards over our bodies. It says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, starting in verse 19, do you not know that your bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? whom you have received from God. You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. You are the temple, and you and I have been called to honor God with our bodies. Uh, Many of you know a few months ago I was in the hospital. Um, I was dealing with some heart issues. I had uh, palpitations at night. My my heart would twitch or whatever that is, and I just didn't feel right inside. And I would go to bed a lot of nights just concerned about my health. 
I'd go to bed wondering what's going to happen to me. You know, I'm only, I'm just now a 30-year-old guy, and this shouldn't happen. I try to play basketball and do things, but that shouldn't be happening to me. And, and I would go to bed at night saying to myself, I literally would rest night, my head on the pillow, and I would be so concerned about my body. I would be concerned about the way I feel, and it was, it was impacting the way I led my life, everything I did. And, and mind you, there's, there's quite a bit of things going on in our world. My wife and I have three little boys. We have an eight-month-old yesterday. We have a two-and-a-half-year-old and a soon-to-be four-year-old. And so our world is full of busyness. And what was happening to me is my life was just getting more and more spiraled out of control, and I was beginning to just worry all the time. My, my middle son went through a, a serious case of the shingles where he'd wake up every single night and still does um, because of just the, the nerve twitching and all of that. And so we weren't getting a lot of rest and my life was getting crazier and crazier. And I started resolving to, I'm going to go eat McDonald's just because it's quick and it's easy and it's cheap. My wife and I made a decision for her to stay home. And so we're living on one income. And so I would eat McDonald's probably four or five times a week. And uh, we would eat Pizza Hut. Shane, I'd go there and we'd eat pizza until we were blue in the face. And, and all of a sudden, my body got so out of line that it couldn't operate. And I remember sitting at my sister's school, and uh, we were, I was helping her hang a bulletin board, and, and she said, John, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm fine. And I really wasn't, but I didn't want her to think I was, and I'm supposed to be a macho guy. I don't want that to be the case. So I said, no, I'm fine. And she goes, you sure? Because you look pale. And I said, no, I, I just haven't been in the sun in a while. Don't worry. I'm good. And about 15 minutes later, the whole room started moving on me. I started feeling dizzy. I started to break out into like a cold sweat. And uh, everything that I thought I had control of, I was losing control of it. And she said, John, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I think I just need to sit down. And she said, the only place we're going to sit is in the front seat of my car because we're going to the hospital. And her being the older sister, I submitted and we went. And uh, I got to the hospital and I was admitted into the hospital. I spent the night there and the doctor came to see me in the morning. And he said, John, you didn't have a heart attack. And I said, praise the Lord. And he said, but you surely would have. Your body's extremely out of, your, your body has an extreme weight pressure on it. You're way overweight. Um, you have a lot of stress. Your stress levels are extremely high. Your cholesterol is the highest I've seen in a long time. And if you didn't have a heart attack this time, you surely will soon. You need to get your body under control. And you see, I, I realized in that moment that I had been defiling the temple, the body that God has given me. My body was in a position where I couldn't exhibit love. My body was in a position where I couldn't possibly think on the things of Jesus because I was so consumed by what my body was telling me I couldn't do. And, and my wife last night, we talked about this message after the Saturday night. She said, do you really believe that your body has to do with the way you operate spiritually? And my answer to her, and my answer will be to all of you, yes. If my body cannot perform the duty that my spiritual temple is calling me to do, I am out of lack. I am out of sync. And you and I have to realize we have been called to be wise stewards over our body. And maybe this morning your problem is not weight. Maybe your problem this morning is not cholesterol and you're not dealing with, with weight. Maybe your problem's more of an addiction. Maybe something you're putting into your body, be it smoking or drinking or something sexual. Maybe this morning your problem is not even something that's a bad thing according to culture or according to scriptures. Maybe your problem is overworking. Maybe your problem this morning is, is you are just spending so much time, you're putting your body through so much because you're just working, 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 working. Or maybe this morning you're the exact opposite of a weight issue. Maybe you're the health freak and you and I happen to live lately in a community that's becoming a very fit-centered community. What do I mean? I mean, everybody's joining the gym, 
right? Everybody's getting the next supplement. Everybody's doing Arbon or whatever it is, Shackley. We're all getting our pills and we're all joining the gym and we're all buying organic and we're all buying into this. And so maybe you, you're at the other end of the spectrum, but I want you to understand something. You are at, such, you are at just a dangerous spot as I was being out of shape because you're too worried about being in shape. And so I'm not suggesting this morning that you run out if you're dealing with issues. I'm not suggesting this morning you run out and get the next diet or join the gym. I'm not suggesting this morning if you're fit, you run out and you abandon that and you stop being fit. I'm suggesting this morning you run out and seek Jesus who lives in you and let him be the balance that provides for you this morning. You see, the things that should consume us is our focus of Christ living in us. When we continually seek the spirit of Christ, all else will fall into place. When we continually to derive everything we do out of the Jesus in us, everything else will find its place. I firmly believe that Jesus is perfection. Anybody agree with me this morning? Jesus is perfection. And I just want you to be, I want you to think about this. If you start in perfection, you will never end in anything less than perfection. The problem is, is when you start in self, when you start in who you are, you are starting in imperfection and it is impossible to arrive at perfection. The only way you and I can arrive and finish at perfection is to make our starting place and our stopping place Jesus. The Jesus who lives in you, you are the temple. Number two is the soul. Your soul is mind, emotions, and will. The soul is your mind, emotions, and will. Our soul is us. Our soul is who we are. It's our personality. We're driven by our soul. Christian or non-Christian, every living being has a soul. And our soul is what drives us. It's what tells us to do what we do. It's who we are. It's our personality. And it's, that's, this is why it's so critical for you and I to align our soul with the spirit that lives in us. It's critical this morning. It's critical that your body is fit and that your soul is in line with the spirit of Jesus. Those of you who call yourselves Christ followers, Jesus lives in you. You are the temple. And we have to align our soul, our emotions, our mind, and our will with what the Spirit's will is. And when we start with the Spirit, our emotions, mind, will, and body will follow. Amen? It's important that we understand we have to be emotionally healthy and spiritually healthy. Emotional healthy. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Again, do not conform to the patterns of this world. Do not conform to what the world says we should or should not be, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I wonder how are we doing emotionally this morning? Emotionally. Maybe physically you've got it figured out. Maybe you understand how to keep your body well and you've maintained it. But how are we doing in our mind? It's a whole different game. How are we doing emotionally? What is it doing in our world? When we're struggling or we're going through a hard time, are we looking to Jesus or are we conforming to the world? Maybe you're struggling financially. Are you looking to Jesus to be your source of finance or are you looking to what you can do and what the world has to offer you so that you can make sure you get through? Again, if we start from us, we end with us. If we start with him, a living, active Jesus who lives in us, we end with him. And to end with Jesus creates healthy. Amen? Amen. 
emotionally. How are we doing with our emotions? We've been created by God and for God. And we need to ask his spirit to use him, to ask his spirit to show us how to give off his love. We need to ask the spirit how to help us get through these emotional times in our life. When you're dealing with struggle, who are you going to for the answers? Who are you going to? Because anything short of going to the Jesus who lives in you will keep you on a hunt. It's going to keep you on a wild goose chase because it's going to constantly be something else you need to do. And Jesus is going, listen, just settle in in the Jesus who lives in you. Just settle in in the spirit who lives in you. I'm giving you everything you need. This is what Paul meant when he wrote, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We must live Christ. I need to die to myself so that others may see the Christ who lives in us. We are the housing place for the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the King of Kings, lives in us. We need to die to self so that all men will see Jesus in us. Amen? Emotional health. Philippians 4 says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Finally, brothers and sisters, Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. When you and I are dealing with the things in our life, we need to remember that we are the temple. And the things we choose to fill our emotions with affects the temple. The things that we choose to fill our mind with affects our ability to love. The things that we choose to dwell on affect our ability to maintain our temple. We have to fix our thoughts on what is right and what is honorable. You see, if I'm living in the midst, if I'm living out the the mindset that the temple, I'm the temple and Jesus lives in me, then I'm not going to allow my emotional state to determine whether or not I love. Does that make sense to you? Listen to what I just said there. If I'm living out of the mindset that I'm the temple and Jesus lives in me, then I'm not going to allow my emotional state to keep me from producing love, right? Because when I lose my patience with my wife, my love is disrupted, right? When I'm driving down the street and I lose my, my, my patience with the person driving next to me, maybe they did something to me or they said something to me or they didn't do what I wanted them to do and I'm living out of the mindset of me, what happens? I, I retaliate. I affect everyone around me and my love stops. You and I have been created to give love. We've been created to let all men know that we belong to him because of our love for one another, amen? And we can't let our emotions get the best of us. We have to continually remind ourselves, I am the temple. Jesus lives in me, therefore I fix my eyes on him. He can do all things through me. I know he can. Jesus, I am the temple. You live in me. Therefore, I can do all things. I fix my eyes on you. Colossians chapter three says it this way. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. We've been called to let Jesus be the starting and stopping place of our emotions. And I wonder this morning, is the starting and stopping place of your mind Jesus? Did you wake up this morning and start your mental process going, Jesus, my eyes are fixed on you. My mind is fixed on you. And will you pillow your head at night tonight saying to yourself, Jesus, my eyes are fixed on you. My mind is fixed on you. My emotional state is about you. We have to fix our eyes on him and act out of our awareness of that. We have to fix our eyes on him and act out of our awareness of who he is 
in us. You see, if you and I do everything out of the awareness of who Jesus is, we can do all things, amen? Emotionally healthy. Number two is spiritual health. Our spiritual health. We have to continually realign our soul with the spirit of Christ that resides in us. Our spiritual health. First Timothy 4 says, Having nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales, rather train yourselves to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. Have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present and the life to come. I think the writer here is telling us, listen, we need to take care of the spiritual things in our life. We need to take care of the spiritual things in our life. You and I need to be polishing ourselves in the knowledge of God and our relationship with him. We need to be polishing ourselves. Think about your last 48 hours. Let's, actually, let's just start Saturday. Saturday morning, maybe you got up and uh, you decided, man, it's Saturday. What am I doing? I'm going to go back to sleep for another hour. Maybe you just kind of laid out in the bed and you hung out with ki- your kids or maybe your wife or you were just there by yourself and you decided, I'm just going to relax today. I'm going to rest a little bit. And then all of a sudden, you're like, okay, it's 9.30. It's time to get out of bed and start doing with myself something today. And so you get up and you maybe make some breakfast and you eat your breakfast. And, and a little bit later, maybe around 11, you decide, okay, I'm going to start getting my shower, start moving on. I got to take care of chores today, whether that be cut the grass or go shopping or hang out with some friends. And so you did all of that. And then uh, later on in the afternoon, you decided, well, it's, it's just about dinner time. Let's go ahead and sit down and eat some dinner, and let's watch our favorite TV show. Maybe you came to the Saturday night service last night. Maybe you went to the Marlins game, which they actually won last night, and uh, you, you did that, and you just hung out. And then after the Marlins game or church or hanging out with your friends, you went back home, and you said, you know what, I need to have some ice cream, and I just need to sit back and, and rest. Today's Saturday. This is what I do. And then you went to bed, and you woke up the next day, which was today, and you said, okay, it's early. I got to start cooking breakfast. I got to get my shower. Church is coming up soon. I got to get there. And so now here you are at church. And I want to ask you in the midst of that day, how much polishing did you do with your relationship and your knowledge of who he is in your relationship with him? How much polishing? And I can't answer that for you because only you know that. But here's what I know. The writer here is telling us, listen, your spiritual life is so much more important than anything else. You see, folks, our condition of our temple rises and falls on our relationship with him. You and I this morning, we can't be spiritually dead. We have, to have, we have to be continuously pouring into our relationship with Jesus. You and I have to continually be relying on who Jesus is in our life. We need to develop our relationship with Jesus. If we don't, how will we have the mindset and the body to follow him? You and I have to be developing that. And how I wonder this morning, how much have we developed that? And please don't mistake what I'm asking you to do. I'm not asking you to go home today and spend the next five hours in Bible study. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm not asking you to go home and read 15 books. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to go home and submit every thought and every action to the Jesus who lives in you. Because I believe this, if you and I go home and say to ourselves, Jesus, you are welcome here. You are welcome here to take over. I want you to take over. I'm living you. I am the temple. My body is prepared. My emotions are in sync with who you are. And I am letting the spirit dwell in me. And I want the spirit to speak through me. I believe this. If you and I are living that kind of relationship with Jesus, we will want to learn. 
We will want to spend time with Christian friends. We will want to go to church. We will want to read our Bible. Why? Because the more excited, the, more, the stronger we get our relationship with Jesus, the more excited we are to know more about him. And I want to ask you this morning, if you don't have any desire in your life to know him, I wonder what your relationship with him looks like. You see, the more my wife and I spend time together and the more we talk and the more we relate to each other, the more I want to spend time with her, the more I want to know her, the more I want to ask her questions, and the more I can't wait to see her again because we're connected relationally. And if you and I are spiritually healthy, we have that kind of relationship with the Jesus who lives in us. And you and I don't need someone else to take us there. He dwells within you. You are the temple, amen? Our spiritual health is so important. We have to remember that you and I have to give our thoughts to him. Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 8 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and shun evil. This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. You see, when we start with Jesus, our temple state will never be tarnished or tainted. When we start with Jesus, our temple state, be it body soul or spirit will never be tainted this morning. We have to start with Jesus and stop with Jesus. If we desire to be a living sacrifice, then we must first start with the desire to know him more. Look at the verse again. It says, submit to him. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit. Relinquish control. Give it back to Jesus and he will make your path straight. In your times of trouble, who's making your path? Are you submitting to him? Are you trusting in the Jesus in you that's capable of all things? The same Jesus who conquered the grave, the same Jesus who resides in you and knows you by name and knows every detail about you. The Bible says it knows the amount of hairs, he knows the amount of hairs on your head. He knows everything about you, who has one plan for your life and that's to give you life and life to the fullest, that Jesus. Are we trusting and submitting to him? And it says, don't be wise in your own eyes. You see, that's where the problem is. The problem happens is when you and I begin to trust our soul or our flesh to navigate us through life. And we stop submitting to who Jesus is in us. But when we start with Jesus, we always end with perfection, amen? Jesus needs to be the starting and the stopping place. The truth is this, his ways are the best ways. In fact, I would go as far as to say his way is the only way. The second we begin to think that our ways are better than his or that we have this life under control, we are wrong, dead wrong. We have fallen out of alignment with the spirit. The second you and I think that we can do it, we've lost our alignment. And y'all have drove a car where your alignment goes out of whack, what happens? When you hit the brake, you start moving this way, you start stuttering, things get out of control, right? You're driving in your car and you just can't keep it this way, no matter what you do, it still wants to go the way it was called to go because you've lost your alignment. And you see, folks, when we lose our alignment, meaning we stop living life out of the spirit who lives in us, is when our life gets seriously, dangerously out of control. We have to put our life in line with who the spirit is in us. You see, a spiritual person is a person who is continuously conscious of God's love. My father-in-law, Bud McCord, wrote that, and I absolutely love that thought. A spiritual person is a person who is continuously conscious of God's love. Think about that. A spiritual person is not a person who knows all the stuff. A spiritual person is not a person who has tons of books on their library. Man, if you walked in my office, I've got more books than, any, than the local library, but I haven't read half of them. That doesn't make me spiritual. 
That just makes me have a father-in-law who had a lot of books who moved to Brazil and he gave them all to me. That's what that makes me. It doesn't make me smart. It doesn't make me spiritual. My spirituality is when I'm continuously conscious of God's love for me and through me. I want to ask you, how, how spiritually healthy are you this morning? Because if you're out of sync, it's not a problem with the spirit. The spirit is perfect. Jesus living in you is perfect. He lacks nothing. Our problem is, is we've lost our fellowship and our alignment with who the spirit is in us. We have to be emotionally and spiritually healthy. I want to close with just one more quote. Watchman Nee writes, what can we attain without effort? How can we ever get anywhere if we do not move? But Christianity is a queer business. If at the outset we try to do anything, we get nothing. If we seek to attain something, we miss everything. For Christianity begins not with a big do, but with a big done. I just want you to hear that one more time and try not to silence me out. Maybe I've already lost you. Just draw into this idea and listen to this thought. What can we attain without effort? How can we ever get anywhere if we do not move? But Christianity is a queer business. If at the outset we try to do anything, we get nothing. If we seek to attain something, we miss everything. For Christianity begins not with a big do, but with a big done. You see, folks, everything we have to offer is useless. Everything we think we know on our own is not enough. Christ is all we need. The Jesus living in us has everything we need. We have Christ living in us. We lack nothing. And it doesn't matter where you are today. We have nothing to look for. Everything has already been done. And I'm not asking you to leave this morning and go do anything. I'm asking you to leave this morning and just search out the Jesus who's already done it all and wants nothing more than to live in you and through you this morning. Amen. My prayer this morning is that you would leave not saying to yourself, I need to go do A, B, and C. My prayer this morning is that you would leave saying, I just need to go seek out the Jesus who lives in me. My prayer is that we would let the love of Christ live through us today, tomorrow, and every day after that with the realization and the understanding that I don't have to do anything. I just need to submit to him and trust in him that he will pave the way for my life. And all I've been called to do is release love on all men this morning. That's my prayer for us. You are the temple and we've been called to honor him with our body, our spirit, and our soul. Will you pray with me? God, I love you so much. And my prayer this morning is that we would realize that we don't have to do anything. You've already done it. It isn't about what we can do. Everything we could possibly offer you is not enough. All you've asked us to do is rest in you. God, I pray this morning for that person who's here and maybe they've never experienced a relationship with you. And maybe, maybe this is the first time they've heard it. Maybe it's the first time it's starting to click. And if they're sitting out there and they've got questions, I pray this morning that they come find me or, or another leader in the church or a person who brought them and they begin to ask those questions because I am a living testimony. There is no greater relationship in the whole world than with you, a risen savior, a God who saves, one who conquered the grave. And the Bible tells us there's one day that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you are Lord, that savior. And you desire a relationship with them as much as you do me or anyone else in this room. It doesn't matter how dirty or tainted we think we are. It doesn't matter how far gone we think we are. The Bible tells us that you sent your son to die on a cross for the whole world. And anyone who believes in you will have everlasting life. 
God, I pray this morning that we would hold to those truths, that that person here, that they would cling to that truth, that they'd understand it doesn't take leaving and go getting life figured out. It simply takes believing in our heart and confessing it with our mouth that we are in need of a savior and we will be saved. God, I also pray this morning for the believer in the room, those of us who have given our life to you already. Maybe there's somebody here and as they're listening to this message, they're just being reminded over and over again that they just have not been the temple that we've been called to be. And their, their desire to love has just not been there. And God, I pray this morning that they would just get with you, that they wouldn't go and find anything. They wouldn't go do anything. They just seek you, the Jesus living in them, to be the thing that drives them forward today. Not that they would go and try to, try to take care of issues on their own or try to solve their problems. No, that they would just release with arms wide open, believing and trusting that Jesus in them is all they need for today, tomorrow, and forever. You took to the cross anything we are ever gonna handle, anything we are ever gonna go through has already been done. You've already solved it. And all you're asking us to do is rest in you and your perfection. God, I love you. May we leave this morning with the understanding that we are the temple. Our body, our mind, and our soul belongs to you. And it's your desire that we live this life of love. In your name we pray, amen.